We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. What is going on? Welcome back to your go-to Pacers podcast, Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Goldman. I'm joined by the president of Valley Sports, Michael J. Focci. Focci, what's going on, man? I don't know if I want that responsibility. <laughs> that feels like a, someone who might be on the hot seat. But, uh, you know, you for were now, wearing red during the Pacers-Bulls game, you told me. I, I did, and, and I told Alex I had to take the shirt off because I, I wore a red shirt before that. And he was like, it's not a Pacers shirt. You know who's got red in their logo? Washington Wizards. And I was like, all right, you know. I said Bulls. Chicago Bulls. I said Chicago Bulls, not Wizards. You brought no. the Wizards up. You, that's on you. No. Last time I oh. wore a red shirt, you said that after game one. It's like, it's just a red shirt, you know. So it's a Valley Sports shirt. I looked at it. Oh, the Chicago Bulls happen to wear red. I took the shirt off, put on another shirt, even <laughs> though it was like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. Changed. But here we are today. Alex, we're coming off a loss to the Bulls. I can't say that uh, I don't have that bad taste in my mouth anymore, but I'm trying to move on a little bit. Yeah, it was a little tough at work today trying to explain to everybody why the Pacers ended up losing this game. It's like, all right, okay. I mean, it just happens. It's part of the 82-game season. Let's not think too much about it. If you want to hear my thoughts on it, I have a podcast. Go listen, subscribe. (laughs) Please help me out that way. Um, cause I don't have time to talk at work. I'm going to get in trouble for that. You know, I don't want to get wrote up for talking too much, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're going to play a little stock up stock down today, Fachi. And instead of doing the entire 15 man roster, I felt like, okay, let's just look at these previous three games and talk about the players that have been mostly in the 10 man rotation. So we're actually going to expand it to 11 because Isaiah Jackson did get a little run he in did. the wizards game when the minutes were a little bit more meaningful. So I guess we can start there, work our way up. Isaiah Jackson. Stock up or stock down? 
I'm going to go stock down. I, I just, you know, pivotal year for Isaiah. You could see out of the three games, two of them, he has not made an appearance in. The first one, I, I don't know if he would have made it. I, no, I'm going to say he would not have made an appearance if the game was closer. So I'm going to go stock down. Uh, yeah, I think it's a stock down, unfortunately, for Isaiah Jackson, because I don't know. It, it's funny because a lot of people anticipated him getting the backup center minutes, and I just never felt that way. I just felt like... I felt like it's either going to be Jalen Smith or Tice. Maybe they give I, I Jax a chance just because he's on that rookie contract under team control for a little bit more. Tried to make the case in my head to convince myself just in case it did happen. But I think that the obvious choice has been Jalen Smith. And so um, it's going to be stocked down for me. We're going to talk about Jalen Smith here in a minute, but I want to keep it moving with another guy that's only got to really get significant playing time in one game. And that's TJ McConnell. TJ McConnell, Looked pretty good against the Cavaliers. And I think, honestly, it's a bit of a stock down because he's not in the rotation. But I think after seeing how much they could have used him in the Bulls game, maybe it's more of a stock even. Because while he might have been on the outside looking in for me, I think that there's ways that he can impact the game that nobody else can on this roster. And there's still a spot for him in the rotation, even though Carlisle said, I don't want to carve out a 10-man rotation just to get 10 guys in the game because other guys might need more minutes. I still think that we're to the point now. They're still trying to figure out the best lineups, the best rotations with this group. But in my personal opinion, I think McConnell is in a good spot because they do realize what he does bring to the team. And it's something that nobody else on this roster can do. I'm going to go stock up because I think the plan was to not have him in the rotation. And yet when you gave him just a couple of minutes against Washington, he made it count. When you didn't want to go to him against Cleveland, you know what? He was phenomenal. And I, I think when you didn't play him against Chicago, you thought to yourself, maybe we should have played T.J. McConnell. So I, I think that even though the plan was to not have him be a part of that rotation, he's working his way into it, potentially, just through three games. So I think that he's showing even the rest of the league at this point, oh, no, 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 T.J. McConnell, he's still got it. So I think that he's going to make it really tough on Rick and the coaching staff to keep him off the court um, but we'll see what happens through three games. I'm, I'm going to go stock up. You got stock even. I, I think we're in agreement. It's not stock down. Yeah, it's it's tough at this point to say that it's not stock down just because he's not consistently getting minutes. Yeah. But there is a case for why he should be getting minutes based on what we've seen without him in the game at certain points this year. So with that being said, let's go ahead and move on to another veteran on this team that has gotten some good moments and some bad moments in his play through three games. That's Buddy Hill. Stock up or stock down? I'm going to say stock down. Uh, here's the okay. thing. Like, Buddy, I think, has improved as a passer. I think that that's definitely something that's real. We've seen him, you know, be more of a distributor, whether it was, you know, preseason, whether it was early in this season. But I think he's just asked to, to be, you know, it's a different role. It's coming off the bench. And I think that so far... You know, he he just has not had – I don't think we're going to be able to expect the, you know, 15 to, to 18-point Buddy Heald. He's, he scored 14 against Washington. He scored 10 against Cleveland. He scored 11 against um, Chicago. He's still shooting really good from three-point land, but overall from the field, just 43%. I think that right now uh, I'm going to go stock down. Yeah, this is where I'm probably a little bit different because I feel like we didn't bring this up enough on our post-game recap was the fact that they had to put Buddy Hill in the game towards the end to provide any kind of offense for him. That is that is what he brings to this team as an offensive threat. And defensively, yeah, it's a liability. He struggles defensively. 
and you can try to hide them by playing them against, you know, the team's worst offensive player. But at the same time, they're going to try to expose that and put them in pick and rolls. And I think in that game, they did that to Tyrese Halliburton a lot. Tyrese Halliburton did struggle defensively in this game, I felt like, especially towards the end, because even the and one that Vooch got when Halliburton fouled him, it was just like, ah. so you kind of see where like the lack of defense from, from some of our good offensive players really comes into play. And that's where I think, Buddy Hill's in a tough spot because he's doing what he's asked to do. He's still in the rotation. He's kind of gone from being, you know, a top five player on this team last year to probably eighth or ninth man, I would say, based on how the rotations have shaken out minute wise. So it does feel like stock down from last year, but I think in terms of like expectations for this year, I'll still say stock up just because I think he means too much to this team's offensive success to say that, you can't you can just play a game without him. I don't think that he's gone. I don't think he's been bad. I just don't no. think he's stood out like he did last year at some points. But at the same time, he's not getting the same amount of minutes or shots. So efficient wise, I, I think he's been good enough to say that I think his stock is still up. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm a little bit torn just because obviously it's a less of a role, less minutes, less shots. He's playing 21 minutes per game. It's his lowest in, in quite some time. But obviously you could see against Chicago when they needed a three-point basket. Yeah, they were going to Buddy at yeah. the end. And, and yeah, I know he didn't make it. Nearly drew the foul. If he did get those three free throws, he brings the Pacers back within what could be two points in that yeah. game. So that would have been real big. So he's very important to this team. I think that we probably have to temper our expectations to say that he's not going to be, you know, the second, third, maybe even fourth scorer on this team by any means. But uh, I would say for me, at best, stock in the middle. Okay, I mean, you don't have to change your stock. I mean, you yeah. can keep it stock down if you want. I'm going to keep it at stock down for now. Okay, no, no one's judging you, Fachi. It's okay. I don't want to be judged. Opinions. No, I'm just kidding. But look, hey, I'm, I'm going to keep it at stock down. I, I can't go stock up, but I, I do think that he will have big games as the season goes. It's just not going to be as consistent as last year. Yeah, I just think that you have to, for me, I put it into like my expectations for what his role is this year. And I can kind of see why he's not been one of their go-to guys to close games out because they're still trying to figure things out. They're only three yeah, games in with two new guys in the fold for the starting lineup and then Ben Matherin trying to take on a bigger role. You know, they do have a lot of chemistry with the guys they brought back in the rotation, but even those guys were struggling tonight, or excuse me, on, on uh, Monday night against Chicago. So we're going to keep it moving here, though, with the bench, and I think this is going to be an easy stock up for both of us. Jalen Smith. Oh my God! This is this might be the easiest. Jalen Smith had. I want more Jalen Smith. I just feel like he had an unbelievable block against Chicago that he ends up running and finishing on the other end. But I also just feel like when he's dunked the ball, there's been force with it. When he's rebounded, I mean, he's been aggressive with it. This is just a totally different Jalen Smith than what we've seen in previous seasons. His work ethic is is so evident between the size that he put on and the translation on the court, the three-point shot looks good. This is the easiest stock up, stock down I, I think we've had in quite some time. Yeah, Jalen Smith through the roof, stock up. I mean, this guy has been such a bright spot for the Pacers this early in the season, and I think it's just great to see what, what you know he can become this year, and I love the confidence that he's showing. Can't say enough great things about him, and I just, I'm really happy for him. After last year, all that he went through, Fudge, it was a tough, tough spot to be in. And he really rebounded well in terms of coming back from being kicked out of the rotation and then rebounding well. I think he's been a very present rebounder for this team. He's been present on the glass and really secured some boards for us. So 
Gotta love that from Jalen Smith. Let's keep it moving with the bench. Andrew Nimhar. It's a little bit tough. I I, I think because here's the thing. I don't want to say, you know, it, it is just three games. I would say stock in the middle. We'll, we'll go with stock in the middle because I can't say it's up. Game one did look really good. Double-double. Game two, kind of quiet. Game three, not his best performance. Andrew Nemhard was someone who, at times, was one of the most important Pacers last year. You know, one of. Um, and I think that we are expecting a bit of a leap in year two. So far, that first game, like I said, really good game. The other two games, bit on the quieter side. I'm going to say stock in the middle. I don't want to say stock down because I got too much confidence in him, but I'm going to say stock in the middle. I mean, for what they've asked him to be, I'm going to say stock up. So I don't think his stock is down. I think the fact that he closed the game out in Cleveland was was huge. The way that he impacted the game, we talked about that on Sunday. You know, the, the assist to Halliburton on the first three that he made and then setting some great screens to kind of reposition himself to get Halliburton those open looks. I mean, just really smart basketball from him. Yeah, he struggled a little bit against Chicago, made some bad plays, tried to force a little bit too much. And but he also showed some really good moments there, and I think defensively he's still one of their best five or best five defenders. Obviously, probably one of their best three defenders if you're being honest with yourself. And he has a good feel for the game. So yeah, he did have some rough moments in that game, but I think the whole team had rough moments against the Bulls. They did, but against Washington, he looked fantastic. He had a seven assist at half. Um, ended up having as many as Halliburton did at that moment, and then. Ended up finishing with a double-double in that game and then really came in and did a lot of different things against the Cavs. So I would say two really good games and one game that he struggled in. So I'm going to keep the stock up for him because I just think he's been that impactful. But our last bench guy is Aaron Neesmith. Stock up oh, or stock man. down? Stock up. I don't care what he played, what he did against Chicago. <laughs> what he did against Cleveland yeah. was just a performance that I, I honestly feel like kind of woke up the league to a, to a small degree. I felt like at least on social media, it was just like, you know, he's clapping back, you know, against Bleacher Report and the trade, you know, Celtics fans are, are chirping. Other people are you know, trying to, you know, bring him down. Oh, it's just one good game. It's like, no, no, no. You're finally noticing that Aaron Neesmith is a player who is taking a leap. Defensively, we already know he's extremely vital to this Pacers team. But offensively, I do think that we're going to see an improved Aaron Neesmith who's added to his game. So this is a very easy stock up. Yeah, I mean, even in the first game against Washington, I don't think he put up a great stat line, but you felt his presence on the floor. He's just everywhere defensively. Yeah, he can get in foul trouble sometimes because he does play defense very aggressively, and it just depends on whether the officials are going to call the game tight or not, and I felt like against Chicago they did that. So against Cleveland, he just absolutely destroyed the Cavaliers, was hitting everything from outside, driving baseline, making reverse laps, making dunks. He had a great pass, I think, that where the ball was going out of bounds against Washington and ended up throwing like a great pass to, uh, I want to say it was Buddy Hill. Maybe it was Ben Mather, and I can't remember, but he had a great pass um, when he was going out of bounds with the ball. So just just great growth from Aaron Neesmith. Got the extension, got paid. He's going to be a pacer for the next three-plus years. So feels really good to have him on this team, and I think that his stock is through the roof. But let's go ahead and take a quick break, and then we will get into the final five players for stock up stock down with our starting line we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Pacer fans. Alex Golden here. I wanted to let you know about my new blog, The Blue and Golden. If you enjoy reading articles about the Pacers, then subscribe to my Substack, which is 100% free. You can find the blog at theblueandgolden.substack.com, or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast. If you enjoy what you're reading on The Blue and Golden, please share the blog with your family and friends. Thanks for your support of not only this podcast, but my written work that can only be found on theblueandgolden.substack.com. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, Fachi, we're back. The starting five are the only players we have left for our stock up, stock down. Who do you want to start with? Hmm, let's go with Obi Toppin. Okay, do you want me to go first? You want to go first? You go first this time. All right, I'm going to say stock down for Obi Toppin. I think Obi Toppin was brought in here to play a, a bigger role for this team as the Pacers power forward. And at this moment right now, I don't think that Rick Carlisle fully trusts him on both sides of the floor. His minutes have not been great. Um, obviously, the starting lineup has not had success so far through three games, and I still think they're trying to figure things out. And maybe I should kind of take back what I'm saying about Rick Carlisle doesn't trust him. I think he just trusts Aaron Smith a little bit more defensively, and Obi Toppin is someone that has struggled defensively in his career. And athletic is all get out, but... We have yet to really see in the regular season where that athleticism can come into play like it did against the Cavaliers in that final preseason game when he went off. So right now it is a little bit of a stock down, but I'm not writing him off by any means. I'm not being critical of him. I just think that this team is still trying to figure out who they are. He's a part of that lineup that does have another new player with him in it with Bruce Brown, Ben Matherin, new to that starting five. They're just really trying to get their chemistry down, and it's going to take some time to gel. You can't just have it doesn't happen overnight. Give them 10 to 15 games with a larger sample size. We'll see where they're at and see if Obi Toppin can maybe have some, you know, double-digit games with some double-digit rebounds in there throughout the next 10 to 15 games. But right now it looks like he's kind of been on the outside looking in in terms of playing crunch time. And I'm sure that's not what he wants. And he's in a contract year too. So for me right now, it is a bit of a stock down. But I think there's enough upside in his game and the style of play the Pacers want to play that you can see this stock rising over time. Yeah, I'm with you. You made some great points. I- I'm going stock down. Look, I, I love me some Obi. I-, I do, but I'm a realist as well. And I, I think at this point, he's the fifth starter. He's when you look at the you know the the you know the rankings of the other four starters, it feels that Obi's the guy playing the fewest minutes out of that group, and he's not closing games. That that is that is very evident. You know, game one against Washington, we saw him have 11 points, but it felt that most of the team you know performed very well in that game. Just four points against Cleveland, six against Chicago. Rebounded far better against Chicago. Best rebounding game. But the three-point shot that we kind of saw in preseason, or at least he was more consistent with, just two of eight so far. So, so far we're seeing a guy that is playing still more minutes 
than he was getting in, in New York. So I don't think by any means he has anything to complain about, but also has not broke out yet. He will have some of those games where instead of just having a moment here or there, he's going to put it all together. So for right now, through just three games, I'd say stock down because I know I'd be lying to myself if I said stock up. Yeah, it's tough because you want you want to see the best for him. Like you, you want the best for him. You want to see him grow. You want to see him relish in this opportunity, but it just hasn't happened yet. So nothing I think against him. I think it's just been unfortunate that he's been a part of that lineup that has struggled a little bit. And I don't know if he's really been the main for, uh, the main focus of that problem. I think it's just been a collective unit thing altogether. Slow starts. I mean, they started off a little bit better, stronger against the Bulls, and he had the best plus minus in that game. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're maybe being a little bit too harsh right now, but I'm not really saying my expectations were high. It just feels like, like you said, he is the fifth starter. And yeah. if they were to make a change, it feels like he would probably be the odd man out. I agree. Which does not feel like a stock up to me. So, Let's let's keep it moving though with the new guys. Bruce Brown, stock up or stock down? I'm gonna go stock up. I, I think that you know, unbelievable performance, you know, against Washington, the 24 points, career high six threes, but also defensively, what he's bringing to the table, I think is just uh, you know, it, it's what you brought him in for. And I think that look, obviously, the Pacers have ways to go defensively, but Bruce Brown is a player that I, I feel that they're going to be able to count on. Seven rebounds against Chicago. I, I think that was great to see. Um, I think overall we saw – I don't want to say we haven't seen the best of Bruce Brown because against Washington he was really good. But yeah. it's been a little bit of highs and lows. You know, the 24 points and it's six points. But, you know, against Chicago, 15 points, seven boards. He was actually probably the, the most efficient starter of the group, shooting six of 12 from the field. Um, I'm going stock up. Yeah, I think he's stock up too. He's – He's been good when he's played. He's been exceptional in one game. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't like. I think he talked about this on Sunday when they played the Cavaliers. He on Saturday night. It was great because he was still really impactful, but didn't have to have a huge stat line to make it feel like he was just like lights out shooter. Like pay this man, he's you know a superstar. Like no, it was just like it was one of those things where it's like okay, Bruce Brown can get hot. He's a beneficiary of other people's offensive playmaking. Absolutely. And defensively, he brings something that this team does not have, and that's just great wing defense you know they're trying to get better in that area there's guys growing in that area they have two solid defenders and Aaron Neesmith and Adrian Emhart to go with him and the Miles Turner to kind of back things up there at the rim so it was great to see him with that closing lineup against the Cavaliers that just was through the roof offensively and defensively those final five minutes and 40 seconds against the Cavaliers but good game against Chicago we probably didn't talk about it enough when we did our recap of that game just because there wasn't a lot of things to highlight but there was moments in that game when he was kind of like telling people what to do and kind of taking a leadership role. So I would definitely agree with you. It's got to be a stock up for Bruce Brown. Um, nothing else really to add to that, though. So let's move on to our next one here. Let's go with the big man, Miles Turner. What do you got? Well, stock up. I, I think the first game, uh, it was it was very quiet by Miles Turner. And, and I think that, you know, there, there's there's certain things you like. There's certain things that, you know, could could be improved upon. But I think that Turner, after that first game, was mm, what's well, could be a quiet year for Turner. And I, I think that, you know, the last two games from what we've seen from him, 20 points in both of the games, the rebounding has really been there. I mean, Turner, look at this. Game one, eight boards. Game two, 12 boards. Game three, 11 rebounds. And he's also, from a, from a shot blocking standpoint, at three blocks, two blocks, two blocks. He's being consistent and it being a what he's great at, a shot blocker. But we've never seen Miles Turner rebound like this 
to start a season so consistently. I think that that's been great. And then uh, I think right now I would say stock up because he's showing what he did last year. He could do again if needed, even though we won't need him to be, you know, the second best pacer on this team. I think that there's a chance that he, he could be if needed, but I think I'm going stock up for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think all the points you made there about Miles Turner were great. Miles Turner, you know, at this point, if fans don't like him, they're not going to like him regardless. I mean, he's played pretty good basketball the last couple of years. Really showcased why he is the best center on this team. I even had someone in my mentions on Monday saying that Jalen Smith has been a better center than Miles Turner this year. And it's like, look, Jalen Smith's been awesome. And we're, we're excited for Jalen Smith, but we, we can't dismiss Miles Turner like that yeah. after two games of really good play from Jalen Smith. So I'll just say this. I, I think Miles definitely fits what this team needs to do. I would love to see him be a little bit more assertive in the half-court offense down low in the post and not just kind of retreat to the three-point line too often. But it also is part of the way they want to play basketball with their spacing and with Obi Toppin in the mix. It's just like there's a different dynamic. So we're going to have to figure that out. And I think that defensively I'm not really worried about him. I think he got a double-double against Chicago, had a Mm double-double against Cleveland. So he's being a little bit more active on the glass. Love to see that. Love to see him getting some good uh, looks at the basket as well. So – He's a he's a player that is a work in progress still in terms of just being more consistent because even if you look in that game against Chicago towards the end when he had a chance to take a wide open three he got a little nervous ah that was so true though I don't yeah. know why he hesitated yeah if he goes up with confidence I think he makes that yeah and and you can tell when Miles is shooting the ball confidently he does take that first shot we've seen Miles go off for like thirty some points where he's hitting like ten three pointers in a game. And that's because Miles is able to just to knock him down because he has confidence in himself. Mm-hmm. So when when Miles is playing with confidence, you can just tell he's at a different level. And I don't think we've seen that breakout performance yet this year, but no. you still realize just how valuable he is to this team. So definitely a stock up for me too. Let's finish things out here with our, our two guards, Ben Matherin and Tyrese Halliburton. Who do you want to start with? Let's go Tyrese Halliburton. Okay, we're going to finish with Matherin. I like that we're yeah. changing it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, switching up a little bit. Well, for Halliburton, I'm going stock up. Here's the thing. You know, he's going from an all-star to, you know, can he be an all-NBA player? I think we've seen some some real solid performances and more in specific the first two games. From an assist standpoint, I, I do believe he is the best passer in the NBA. But what he did to close out the Cavaliers was a franchise player-like performance, hitting three straight threes to be able to put them away, I feel like is everything that you could possibly ask for in your star player who also happens to be your point guard, like a true point guard. So I think that he showed that at times he can be assertive, and I think that um, you know it's it's a no-brainer. It's a stock-up. Yeah, I mean, even in a game when he struggled offensively, he still put up 19 points, three assists, and five rebounds against the Bulls. It's like if you're able to put those stats up when you're not playing well, it's just tough to say stock down. I mean, this guy is the face of the franchise. He's a special player. I think that the Pacers are really in good hands with him running the running the team moving forward, and we're going to continue to see him evolve as a player. And I think that if you look at tonight's uh, – if you look at, excuse me, Monday night's game against Chicago, you do realize – that it's one of those things where he has to improve defensively and take that next step. That's the only thing I really am worried about with him is just, are they going to continue to attack him in the pick and roll, which they did constantly 
in the end of that game against the Bulls. So he's going to have to really step up there and just become a, a more capable defender. If we're going to hold Matherin accountable for doing that, like a lot of people have, then we got to hold Tyrese accountable. Even if you can put up those great gaudy offensive numbers, you got to be more than a liability on defense and a guy that can make some, you know, weak side passes. I think he has great instincts and timing on, you know, jumping passing lanes and getting his hands on the ball and mm-hmm. getting some steals. But at the same point, he's going to have to really evolve and, and not allow himself to be the guy that gets picked on and constantly get put in pick and roll, especially if they do go with that lineup we saw against Cleveland when you have Neesmith, Nimhard, and Bruce Brown out there with Miles. Like, there's no defensive weakness out there except Tyrese. So he's going to have to really step up, I think, in my opinion, on that end. But with that being said, he's taken that step, in my opinion, working on growing from an all-star to an all-NBA player. It's only three games. He was in consideration for Eastern Conference Player of the Week, and I think that we're going to constantly hear his name involved in that because he is that good of a player. So definitely a stock up, but I just wanted to give him a little challenge here on the podcast saying one area I would like to see him grow. And there's there's no doubt about it. I think he would even tell you that himself. It's just becoming a better defender is probably making an argument might be the hardest thing to do in the NBA. Yeah. I think it's something that you probably get like one to 5% better, you know, at, at a time. And then eventually as years go on, it's like, okay, yeah, he's a more than capable defender because I just feel that for a lot of, you know, point guards that they start out as pretty rough defenders. And I think that for, for Tyrese Halliburton, he's got a long way to go, but I think that his talent is so evident that he's he ain't coming out of the game when you need it most. Like no matter what the Pacers need defensively, because he brings so much offensively. So yeah, we're both in agreement. It's stock up, which leaves us down to our final player, Benedict Mathurin. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I'll go first, and this is okay. where I'm going to say stock in the middle. Okay. I won't commit to down because I don't think that it's down. I won't commit to up for the same reason. I don't think that it's up. I think Ben Matherin has been very up and down this season through three games. I think we saw some flashes against the Wizards. I think we saw some real setbacks against the Cavaliers. And then against Chicago, he had a mix of both. I feel like Ben Matherin's a very important part of this team. And I, I, I went on a rant a little bit on Twitter just because, you know, sometimes people get in your mentions and you don't really want to respond. But every once in a while, you just do. And I'm so sick and tired of hearing this narrative like, oh, Rick Carlisle is holding Ben Matherin back. Look, that's ridiculous. Rick Carlisle is not holding Ben Matherin back at all. And if you think that, then you're just 100% wrong. That's the bottom line. So Ben Matherin asked Rick Carlisle to coach him hard. That's the bottom line. And that's what he's doing. Rick Carlisle is holding him to a higher standard than he is other people. And I think as someone that's talking and analyzing his play on the court, that is one thing we have to do as analysts is continue to hold him to that same accountability that Rick Carlisle is holding him to. Look, if Aaron Neesmith goes out there and has a bad game, that's okay because Aaron Neesmith has not promised to be a great two-way player. Aaron Neesmith said, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Ben Matherin said, I want to be a great two-way player. I want to be a star in this league. Okay? If you set those expectations for yourself and you talk about LeBron James is going to have to prove to me who he is, look – We know that he was just saying that tongue-in-cheek and didn't really mean it like that, and it came across the wrong way. But he's got the confidence. He's got what Chad Buchanan said, the highest ceiling on this team to become that next great player 
mm-hmm. that we've got to hold them to a higher standard than we do role players on this basketball team because for the Pacers to have the success they want to have, Ben Matherin has to take that step defensively as a playmaker and as an overall player. We've seen flashes of it. I think the on-ball defense is better than the off-ball defense. I think that's the playmaking is not natural. And I think if you watch him, there's times where he makes really great plays, and there's other times when he's totally overthinking it, and it causes him to not make the right play because he's too worried about making the wrong play. So at the end of the day, I know I'm taking a lot of mic time here, but I'll let you finish up and wrap us up with this. I think that it's stock in the middle only because he's at where he's supposed to be as a starting small forward shooting guard with this team. But he still has work to do, a lot of work to improve upon, and he will make this team better. But I want to see that step consistently before I give him a stock up. Don't think he's done enough to take it to a stock down, but think there's clearly room for improvement. Yeah, a lot lot of great points. I'm going with stock in the middle because this Pacers team is more talented than last year. If we had the same roster from last year, and that's just how it was, then yeah, Ben would probably score more points. And I I don't know if we would be winning. I, I would say we would not be winning more games, but he's it feels like he's in his head. It feels like yeah. he's overthinking things at times. It feels like he's trying to put a stress on, okay, I need to need to get others involved. We saw game one for you know five assists. Since then, the last two games, one assist. I just think that he's, you know, certain plays where he would just say, Hey, I'm gonna tuck my head down, I'm just gonna drive right in the middle and just get to it. I think we're not seeing that as much of like maybe that killer instinct. I think he's trying to be a little bit more tame. And I think that we're seeing that in his scoring through three games, he's averaging 15.3 points per game, which there's nothing wrong with at all. But I think that there were some expectations, maybe unrealistic expectations for people to see him take that big leap. But when you add in the talent that you added in, you know, Bruce Brown and Obi Toppin, but then you see players take a leap like an Aaron Neesmith, or maybe even a Jalen Smith, just other players that are, you know, getting on the court, getting, you know, more minutes. I think it's going to be tough for Matherin to take a step forward to, say, 18, 20 points per game. Maybe it very well happens, but there could be a scenario where we just see Matherin being a, a good player taking baby steps forward instead of leaps forward because he's got a long way to go defensively, just like you mentioned. And it ain't all about scoring. But so far, I, I think that, uh, we can't say that we've been impressed by Benedict Matherin. I think we could say, okay, you know what? He's had some moments, and I think that we look forward to seeing him kind of put it all together a little bit more. But for now, I can't say I'm disappointed by any means. I'm going stock right in the middle. Yeah, we're hopeful for what he can become, and I think there's nothing wrong with saying that. I think Ben Matherin is a very special talent, and I think that he's going to rise to the top. I do think that he's going to overcome this. It's just it's just learning curves. It's just baby steps for a guy that really needs to, to understand all the aspects of the game are important. And it's not just, I'm really good at this, I'm going to do this. If, if you're really good at one thing and you can do that one thing well, but you can't do the other stuff well, then that makes you a role player. That's why we want him to be good at multiple things Besides just being a very good scorer that can draw contact, we want to see him become a better three-point shooter, a better defender, a better passer, a better feel for the game. And that's just going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. He's a young player that's still trying to figure out who he is. And like you said, he's had a lot thrown at him this year. Yeah. Especially being thrown into a starting lineup where he's going up against starting-level players on a night-to-night basis. He's trying to figure out the chemistry of this group and where he fits in, where he can pick and choose his spots. 
And unfortunately, it's just going to take time for that all to develop the way that you want it to. So with that being said, Fachi, I, I think that wraps up our stock up, stock down. We'd love to hear your guys' opinions on what we said, stock up, stock down, or stock in the middle wise. And uh, let us know on social media what you thought. But if you don't know where we're at on social media, Fachi will tell you right now. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at PacersPodSTP. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersPodSTP. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> go to YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast where you can find all of our video content. If you don't know, I just, I think I squeaked there. It was a little oh, bit surprising time. to me. That was like a good old puke. Oh, man, that was funny. I'm not right even going to edit this out. You know what? It's it's <laughs> late right now. It's 1040, and uh, I've been talking for a little bit. So with that being said, Vachi, uh, if you're excited that I'm squeaking over here and I'm getting a little payback for all the times I've given you a hard time, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast, sweeping everything.